Talking basketball on the Hoop Ball Sacramento Kings podcast. I'm Sam Comenti, alongside, as always, the incomparable, the all-knowing Jill Adge. Jill, the Kings are undefeated, 3-0, the best team in the West. I don't actually know if that's true. I'm just going to assume that they're they're tied for someone with someone on top of the West right now. Preseason is making us feel so good. Uh, and we're going to go ahead in this Wednesday edition, review that Blazers game, uh, look ahead to the final preseason game. Finally, we can get, we can get through this silliness onto what really matters, the regular season. We're going to review the Blazers game, talk a little bit about that, uh, have a little Jersey debate. And uh, at some point in the podcast, we do second edition of Jill's Water Cooler, one of my favorites, if not my favorite. But we'll start with the Blazers game, Jill. The Kings again held an opponent to under 100 points. And I know you don't overthink anything that's happening in preseason. Neither should I. And I say should because I kind of naturally am progressing towards overthinking a lot of what's happening in preseason. But that's good, right? I mean, two games in a row now, the opponent hasn't scored over 100. I don't care if it's their bench players. A lot of our bench players are playing. Their defense is flying around the ball. They're limiting mistakes. They look like a team right now, again, in middle of October, before the season starts. They look like a team that cares to play defense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, and it's it's nice to see. And uh, I just want to see them keep doing it. <laughs> yep, that's the theme. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Just keep doing it. We, we always say you have to start somewhere. Just keep doing it. And, and I know... Everyone wants to have the, it's only preseason, you know, like debate of like, whether you should even talk about it or not. Um, we kind of have to, but at this point, like, yeah, I mean, we have to, but uh, <laughs> like if, again, if you can use these as building blocks and keep it going, then, then great. Um, and, and if you don't, then, you know, that <laughs> that's where it becomes an issue and, and we'll keep talking about that as it goes. But um, at this point, we like what we're seeing. We just want to keep seeing more of it. Right. And King's Twitter, King's Media, uh, as I always like to just give a shout out to all the guys that we follow, some of whom will be joining us on Friday. But, you know, they're all excited too, which is, it's it's cool to see that. It's cool to see the King's uh, fans and people that cover them and write about them all kind of rallied around them right now because it's not something we've had much of in, in a long time. And so, yeah, don't care if it's preseason. I'm going to enjoy it while we have it. The Kings did beat Portland, who will be their first opponent next Wednesday, a week from today in Portland. Again, they won 107 to 93. No, uh, buddy healed, no Tyrese Halliburton, no Rashawn Holmes. Did he, Rashawn Holmes did play. Now I'm, now I'm drawing a blank on who actually played. I know buddy and Tyrese didn't play. Davion got the start. And no Bagley. No Bagley. Thank you. Uh, with, and no Thompson Holmes did play. Yes. Okay. I got the mixed, um, Bagley with the quote soreness or whatever it is, um, that makes us all skeptical. But Davion Mitchell is the story of that game for sure. 20 points, four rebounds, uh, two assists, hit six threes. Obviously played incredible defense. Dude's just a baller. And we're going to talk about him every podcast. I can already see that happening just because he always entertains. And he did not disappoint in his first career start, uh, whether it counts or not. We're going to ignore that. 
And uh, so, Jill, I mean, Davion aside, was there a depth player? Because this game was mostly about the depth players, about the guys that either are going to be the 14th, 15th guys on the rosters or in G League or the guys that were even cut because we've had a guys, a couple guys cut. Yeah, um, I didn't even want to necessarily even just limit it to one, but because we had so many players um, sit out, we had quite a few guys get more minutes. Yeah. And I will just say the um, the four of Mitchell, Terrence Davis, Ramsey, and King, um, I, I enjoyed seeing um, both ends of the court of play from the four of those guys. And then I... Felt, I mean, minus, you know, Terrence Davis, because he didn't play in summer league, but Mitchell Ramson King to me, um, all still showed their good chemistry that we've seen, you know, from summer league. And then I thought Mitchell did a really good job stepping into the, the starting lineup. So that was, that was nice to see, um, you know, getting his toes wet. And again, it was against a, you know, Blazers team that sat out, I don't know, like eight players or something yeah, like that. The team. But what I'll keep saying is the Kings are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I know that's a small thing to say, but we continue to say every year they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So when they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, unfortunately, we have to call it out. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, I, I enjoyed uh, what the four of them showed on both sides of the court. Uh, it wasn't just offense. It wasn't just defense. It was showing it on both sides. And uh, yeah, so I want to, again, want to keep seeing more of the both sides of play. And Absolutely. it was nice seeing it from the young guys. Yeah. And we won't cover too much into this game because yeah, I mean, everything was more about, you know, just seeing what the young guys had, who who would fit the bottom of the roster. Same thing for the Blazers, which we touched on in the previous episode. Yeah, the lineups look good. Some of them did. The, the guys that have played in summer league together for sure had that chemistry, yeah. like you pointed and out. And I that think was that obvious. helps, right? Oh, like yeah, th- those guys have some familiarity with each other because the thing about summer league too, I mean, about preseason as well as it, it's hard to, to get a feel for anything is because you are seeing a lot of lineups and lineups that you will never see yeah, um, in the regular season. And uh, I, I mean, we've had years where we've, you know, didn't win a game. And I think it was, it might've been Jaeger's last year, if I'm not mistaken, like he was throwing out all big man lineups, like, right. And then you never, you know, and then they went on that run. Right. And obviously you never saw um, any of the weird lineups, but uh, yeah, it's like, you're, you're going to see things that you never see and uh, both teams are doing it. And so when you do find some guys with chemistry, it makes the preseason look a little bit better. So um, just again, yeah, keep going in that direction. And uh I mean, otherwise you're, I, I don't believe the Lakers are never going to win a game. Sorry. Like I know we'd all like to think that, sure. but, <laughs> Damn it. but if you go by their preseason um, and it's not pretty yet, yeah. but uh, that kind of like, usually happens yeah. with Westbrook. Every time he joins a new team, like his preseason usually looks horrible. Then by the end of the year, you know, he's looking like the crazy statistician that we know um, he is. And so uh I'll be shocked if that stuff doesn't figure itself out. So again, you know, when it comes to preseason, it's, you take everything with a grain of salt, but uh, it's nice when you do find some guys that have chemistry with each other, because maybe, you know, crazy things happen during the season, you get injuries and everything else. And you're going to need that kind of stuff. You exactly. You just never know. And it'll help the Stockton Kings too. If those guys play together down there, which they they seem to be go in that direction real quick backtracking to what you said just because this is too funny to pass up tell me if you disagree 
The reason Dave Yeager rolled out those all big man lineups was as a middle finger and a statement of Lottie oh, Bots. Uh, I, I have a way lot too of people many think that. big men, yes. dude. Like, what the hell do you want me to <laughs> there do? There were a this? lot of people that felt that. Yeah, felt I, that I that's definitely what it feel was. like he was like, yeah. you want me to, what do you want me to do with this? You want five uh-huh. centers? Was right. it 1950? Um, yeah. When centers um, were like v- six Very two. much so. And I still think an interesting development is that we've talked about this multiple times, you know, a, a, since we've started this, uh, based on the three games, is that we keep seeing King get the playing time and Over Woodard, Woodard. Woodard not. So That's again, right, like yeah. we said, keep an eye on that. And that'll, um, that'll, that will be interesting because at this point, it seems like if you're more comfortable putting King in, like we've mentioned, you would want him to have the roster spot with the option to send him back while still keeping him up and not have that game limit where you would then have Woodard, you know, on the two way where you can, it, you know, it's a little bit more limited. Um, yeah. So, but his we'll contract is guaranteed, so you just never know, but uh, it's a small guarantee, but yeah. Um, still a lot of other teams are making cuts and things. So just, uh, you're a Freddie Gillespie um, fan. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Well, dude rebounds, man. Like yeah. for Toronto a team Raptors that, forward, you know, has been bad cut. at rebounding. Like he was huge for them when he came in and he was another guy like King where he showed out in that gobble, mm-hmm. you know, last year and got his opportunity, which was great to see. Um, and for like, and it came down to it where, um, their last roster spot is between like six guys. And so it was, and depending on if you showed out, you know, that game, like, um, Decker did. And uh, so it was funny because one Decker. of the reporters tweeted out, um, Decker has to go Curry mode. Yeah, otherwise he's getting cut. And literally right after he scored like 18 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Get like, like six seven threes or six, yeah. seven for threes. Um, and then, uh, he gets another shot. So it's between like him and two other guys now, uh, one of the other guys they brought over from Europe, but again, so, you know what I mean? Like these last, these roster spots are, you know, like it's exactly. And so, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, what they do there and they very well might do nothing. So we'll, um, we shall find out my buddy is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, my buddy's a big Raptor fan. He grew up in Toronto, and we've been talking about the season. I'm oh, asking him how he feels yeah. about the team. And he goes, listen, man, I don't know, but Masai is apparently of the mindset that you can win every game with six small forwards, and that like or mm-hmm. five small forwards on the court, your first sub's a small forward. Like, they have so many forwards. I know. They could like, throw we, some over here. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. That's what I was getting to. Like, we're always the team that has mm-hmm. too many centers, and now you have yeah. the Raptors with, like, every small forward you could possibly want. And they could, and they're they all could good. use, like, another center. Yeah. yeah so, they could definitely use another center. Um, but, yeah, we're, so, we're, again, it'll be something to to see. There, There's quite a few teams where I was looking, too. Uh, Memphis was another one that mm-hmm. they have a lot of guards. Like, I was surprised with how many guards they had that they're kind of a little lopsided. Um, I think it was, like, the Pelicans only have, like, one based on – how they list, you know, the, uh, their players, their players, they only had like one true center. Um, and it was, um, Valanchunas. Yes. Val. And, uh, so it's, yeah, there's, and then you have the wizards who are in the same, like they have like five or six small forwards. So yeah. there's quite a few teams that are, it's like that they could swap pieces together and really help each other, uh, yeah. balance the that roster also, out. Yeah. So, it, it, and so to me, like I would be keeping an eye on any of those teams where during the season, you never know, um, you know, depending on how people start and things like that, you could see some, 
some moves made, but yeah, I, I, it was interesting, you know, look, just looking at the cuts of teams and then how they were made up. I didn't realize that there were so many that were so lopsided where we just look at us yeah. hundred, we just look at us and we're like, Oh my gosh. Like that I mean, there's somehow that of like that. Exactly. So just know that we're not the only ones. Yeah, we're not alone guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just to touch to finish that about the blazer game, Terrence Davis, of course, you, you already said his name. He's he he looked great. He's going to be such a volume score athletic guy who can also play defense coming off the bench. He had 17 points. Um, I just really enjoy watching him. He's just a fun player to me. Even when he's not making shots, he's doing something to contribute. And that's like a McNair quality, it seems. I don't care that you're not necessarily always going to be able to make that three or get to the rim, which is obviously something he wants out of his guy, especially threes. But he stays active. He, he, you know, he's always doing something. And that that's valuable. You, you, you have a spot on the court, in my opinion, if you stay active. And then Chemezi Metu got a little bit longer of a run. He looks slimmer to me, Jill. I don't know about you. He just seems like he really like embraced the fact that, yeah, I'm a power forward that can maybe even play a little three because I can shoot, but he's like a clean cut looking slim down four, um, blocking shots, stretching the floor. So I'm excited about Metu and uh, some minutes that he might get in the season, but another good win for the Kings. They're three, and zero. Uh, last game coming up on Thursday tomorrow against the Lakers, the 0-5 Lakers. That's something that we won't be saying anytime soon. So I'll say it now. Uh, and we'll we'll touch on that, I'm sure, on Friday with our guests. Now, Jill, to the important topic, to the one we teased at the end of last episode and just didn't have time to, to get into. The jerseys, these throwback concepts that is, again, circulating around the NBA um, as a new idea, because every team has like a city edition alternative uniform, but now the NBA is thinking we want to use that concept, but go a little bit like, I don't even know if you want to say deeper or go farther back and just be like, let's get the legit throwbacks, like the retro uniforms that every team has called that, like the city alternate where that's what they wear on that day. Um, cause right now the Kings, what, what is the Kings current city edition uniform? I, I don't even know. They change every year. It seems. They haven't the, announced it yet, but, okay, but the, from last year, it was the Sacktown oh, one. Um, it was Sacktown. It was black and had the checkered. Yeah. So, but um, people are expecting um, something pretty good this year that I think is um, like 25 games in it. There's like seven more games this year than previous. So yes. Yeah. I hope it's good then if I have to see it more. Yeah. Um, but the, the question that we were asking one another is, if we were to choose one retro Kings Jersey or two, actually we'll say two for this case, just cause it's hard to choose. Kings have had so many jerseys in their time. If you were to choose two jerseys retros to bring back and put them on our current King squad, what would they be? So I think we've decided this, or I hope you you've made your decision, Jill. And I'm giving the floor to you. I want to hear what you're saying. Plead your case for yeah, the, so, what jerseys. Um... The jerseys I chose, it was, it's actually the 94 to 2002. Um, mm -hmm. That's the span that they were used. And they have a little sentimental value to me just because the first jersey I ever saved up for was the Bobby, Hur Bobby Hurley uh, black yeah. away jersey of that. And uh, I also, um, you know, it has, again, the sentimental just because that's their glory year. So when you see it, I think it, it helps, you know, like, you think of that great and, team, you know, great you see your court. best times, um, but they are just really good jerseys too. You had the, the white, the black, and then the checkered, like the half purple, half black checkered down the side. Um, you're a fan of the checkered and, huh? and our, 
and our best players weren't like, I don't know. They just looked good. Um, <laughs> and I still have, I still have, uh, my, um, uh, my old Peja one of, of that as well. And, um, yeah, it's, it's one that they haven't really like brought back. So I think it would be cool to see them. Um, they've kind of like tried to bring the checker thing back before, but I mm -hmm. think it would be cool to see the old school, um, the black one back. I absolutely, that's, um, black black one's popular. Yeah. Um, so for me that that's, that's the one I would, um, I would hope they choose just because we've seen the Royal and we've seen them bring back the red and the Royal and all that. I would love just the old school of the purple and, uh, the purple, black and, and white. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I have the same thing and I'm looking at the history of all the Kings jerseys with photos just to make sure I don't mix mm -hmm. them up. So yeah, the 94, the 2002 one, the glory year one, they kind of adapted that um, in their last couple of years once they got, you know, they knew they were staying in Sacramento, Vivek took over, sure. as you remember, they like did a, a spinoff, like a, a ripoff. It was, it was that. It was yeah, the same the font. King, how the Kings were, the font. Yeah, the font yeah. was the same. The jersey didn't feel the same to me. Or it, looked, it felt the same. It didn't look the same, if that makes any sense whatsoever. They didn't have the black. Yeah, and there wasn't the black, yes. Which is like the most popular one. So it made no sense. Like, why don't you have that one? So that was for sure mine, the, the 94 to 2002 black of that Kings jersey. Like you said, that, that needs to come back. That was so clean. They had some of their best games in that uniform. I don't yeah. think any Kings fan will question that. And then a follow-up, just because you're talking about what you remember watching, you know, them playing. For me, I remember the jerseys that came after, which were... The, the 2002, 2008. Exactly. Yeah. And specifically, just because I have so many distinct memories of Mike Bibby wearing that jersey with the purple headband, is the Sacramento purple, just Sacramento yeah. in white across the front, big letters. It's it's like so simple and almost kind of clunky because it's like that's, Sacramento is a big word to put just all it across is. the front. But it looks good in my opinion, and it has good memories in it as well, oh, yeah. like you were saying. Um, so yeah, I would love to see that one brought back, that purple one, just the purple one. The white yeah. one, now uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that concept, especially the font. And then we won't even get going down the gold of that era. We won't, we won't even- Sorry, Will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring Will on and we'll have a whole episode about that. Real quick though, while on the topic, I think everyone can agree, you and I can agree, the 2008 to 2014, ugliest. Yeah. And just not great black, memories, uh, black. I don't think for people that's like some of the worst, yeah. like, I mean, that was during the whole relocation exactly. stuff. Like, and I think people just years. want that out of their, um, the black lettering on minds. purple. Whose idea was that? Who was that stupid yeah. to put black on purple? You couldn't even see what it said. Someone that which, got paid a lot of money, which as I say that the Kings now currently have that sack alternate Jersey that has black on purple, but that one looks better to me. Well, you know where they got that idea is because in the in the 2002, 2008, they had a white version of it and it was white with the um, purple writing and oh, that okay. same and that same lettering. That and if you go to 2008, 2014, that purple and black one, it's just they replaced the white. Um, oh, okay. The white and purple with purple and black writing. So gotcha. it's literally an added a stripe thing down the side of it. But um it's the same font. And then it has the Kings with the eye with the, the crown on it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's literally the same. It's just, they went away from the white and made it purple and black, but yeah, that's, that's one thing too, where um, 
with the black writing over purple, it's uh, it's it's hard to you know, squint a little. Um, it's hard to read. That wouldn't pass ex- accessibility testing at this point. No, no, <laughs> no. it wouldn't. The, the reviews would not be the, good enough. The, to send the it. laws of accessibility, it would not pass that. Yeah. it would fail. It would fail the color test. But um, I, I think that's just where they went. Was they no offense? Well, maybe taken where it was they didn't maybe didn't have to pay a lot of money. Like it was, hey, keep keep the same um, fonts, and we'll just change the colors around and add that stripe down the side because even the sacramento looking at it the sacramento is the same um writing they yeah, just the changed the color the so again outline. they literally just swapped the colors yeah, they like, swapped. It's that's, exactly what they did yeah so i but and it looked they, worse. during that time though they were trying to save any kind of money they could so not totally shocking and i so I, yeah, I would think that the most people would choose the 94 to 92 and yeah, the 2002 so. to 2008. We're going to ask um, when we post I'll be this. Inter- yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Cause I'd be interested Definitely. if anyone thinks outside of that at this point. Did you mention um, the, cause I think we're on the same site, the black script alternate that they wore during those years of horribleness. The, did you mention that one? The, it's where the Kings the, and Kings and cursive in white. 2014. It's like if you scroll down all the way from the same site, it's this one. Uh, Awkward pause because of course no one can see us, but you definitely will recognize it. Any Kings fan will recognize when they see it. Demarcus looked great in it. IT Isaiah Thomas, I have good memories uh, of him balling out. Is that in this the one. fourteen to sixteen? Maybe no. I don't know what years this were. It was. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm on. I'm on some Jersey Museum Maybe site, on, and it's I giving me I, them by like the decade. Yeah, no, we're on the same site. You'll no, scroll all the way know. to the bottom, <laughs> like pretty much all the way to the bottom. You'll see. Oh, the, gold the special one. editions. Okay, special see, edition. I didn't see the special editions. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. See, one, there's the black, the, the black and purple alternate. Like, see, that's what I think people will like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the the black script one, uh, Tyreek played great games yeah. in that jersey. Yeah. Um, but it was again of the era where Kings were really, really bad. And the purple alternate. Purple That's alternate was clean. One. The Peja, they have the Peja jersey here for this purple alternate. Adam Veiled in 97. Yeah, I actually have that that one of Do Peja. You? Yep. That's clean. I, I, mean, wore, it to, I wore it to his uh, his, uh, uh, his uh, jersey retirement. Ceremony, thing. yeah. Still had it. I love it. Still had it. There's a rich history um, for yeah. the Kings in terms of their jerseys. So we have that, at least. At the very, you cannot take that away from us. Um. Cool. So yeah, Jill's going with uh, the 94 to 2002, the era of Kings basketball in general, that was the happiest for us. And then jerseys, I, I think, do you think that's because they were so good that the jerseys look better in our minds? Do you think it's just like something innate in us? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's getting philosophical, but I feel like if you ask people outside, you know, that aren't Kings fans, what they thought of those jerseys and they might, they would, might just look and be like, I mean, yeah, whatever. And like they're, they're nineties jerseys, whatever. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have that nostalgic feeling towards it. That, that's clearly what's happening with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, something, something to just dig a little and deeper I, in this. Right. I think like anything, it's if you have some sort of memory or something happy, attached to it, like yeah. it makes it that much more um, true. special or rose colored or whatever, like, you know, the rose colored glasses type thing. Will must have um, really good memories with these gold jerseys. I just remember Ron Artest wearing it and just, Looking like I think it was like too big on them. I don't know. I'm just I have a weird memory with those jerseys. But okay, there we go. Those are the those are our jersey decisions again. Please, guys. Um, I'll put it, make sure it's in the caption when we when we post this online is uh to tell us what you think of them because this is definitely a good debate amongst Kings fans as to hey, what 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 do you think? What do you want to see back more importantly? What 
what would you want to see De'Aaron balling out and definitely see him in those black uh, 2002 Kings jerseys. All right, moving on. Game time now, Jill. It's game time. It's Jill's Water Cooler 2.0, second edition. You're going to dump some cool facts on us. I should probably stop saying it like yeah. that. It sounds weird when I say it like so that. So we'll just be like, it's it's the, did you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I'm sorry. Like I'm like cringing the way it's <laughs> You're weird. Jill's going Jill's gonna to enlighten us um, with some cool okay. stuff here. So go ahead. So Jill. something I use a lot is Twitter, which I think a lot of other people use um, on here. They're listening to this. But one thing I did not know is, did you know that their Twitter logo is named Larry the Bird? And it's actually after Larry Bird. Did you know that? I did not know that. Whose is this? Um, so the the Twitter logo, the bird. Oh, right? the literal his name, his Twitter name, logo. So the Twitter logo, which is the uh-huh. little bird, right? Um, his name is Larry. Larry the bird, Larry the bird after Larry bird. So, um, it came, uh, the co-founder Biz Stone tweeted out that it's called Larry the bird as a tribute to NBA player, Larry bird who played for the Celtics. And that was stone's home state team. So he's from Massachusetts and that is how the bird came about. And Larry bird. Yeah. I had no idea um, that the bird had a name, let alone was based off behind it that was attached to attached to basketball so did you know that uh yeah that's larry the bird after larry bird and then the other one that i thought was interesting that at one point in history um the shortest and tallest player in nba history like totally um once played on the actual like on the same team same year like everything mugsy Uh, bogues mugsy bogues at five three and Manute Bowl at 7-7. Seven, seven. So wow. there were times where you're in a lineup on the court and you have a 7-7 seven, seven and a 5-3 going against each other. But like, how random is that? That in history, the tallest and shortest player actually played together on the yeah. same team at the same time. I would love to see a photo. I'm sure there's a photo of them near standing next to one another on the court. That would be hysterical. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. Remi- it very much reminds me of the poor CJ, um, the CJ McCollum Costa Cufas high school photo. Yeah. I, I know uh, where about. he's like bent down and really small before he had his growth spurt. Um, but or, the picture will remind you of that where he's just really tiny or and the, then Manu is just extremely tall. <laughs> oh yeah. And skinny too. Like his son. Yep. Um, I was going to, sorry, drew a blank. The Alabama players too, Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry, that, that photo, have you seen that in the like title game or wherever they're both out in the middle oh, of the field? Like and Derrick Henry, other, yeah. yeah, Derrick Henry looks like he's about to murder Mark Ingram. <laughs> That's also, I'm sure what it looks like because that photo is iconic. Derrick Henry's yep. a big motherfucker. Jeez. He's a beast. He's an absolute beast. Good luck tackling him ever. All right, Jill, is there anything else? Um, that That's well, it for now. We're saving, now. We're, it for we're saving okay. him for as I go. But yeah, so those were your two... Uh, did you know? So we're, we're also going to change the name. Is that what we're doing? Um, Jill's did you knows something Jill's war. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll adapt. work on it. We adapt and roll yeah. with it. That's what we do here on this hoop ball Kings podcast. Okay. Getting to close here. Um, we're going to save a lot of our energy for the fun Friday show that we have in store. Uh, we have, uh, we'll tell you now, I, I don't think we've <clears throat> done the whole list yet, but we have Sac Republic's MC media man, a good buddy of mine, Connor Sutton. Uh, coming on the show and then uh, a good pal of mine and the host of the Sean and Bond podcast on the Be Heard podcast platform. Sean Holko is also going to be joining us. Those are my quote unquote guests. Jill, go ahead and 
Yep. Tell us and who then you're we have uh, we have John Bull and Christina Werner as well. Christina Werner, the best the best meteorologist in Sacramento. Yep. And then so, yeah. and then John. Yeah. And John. You guys will be familiar with on the on Twitter. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So we're gonna have like a little a fan roundtable and get everybody's feeling before the season starts. Um, so yeah, so it'll be fun. Definitely tune in for that. But before we get to that, before we close out this episode, two things I want to get to here, Jill. Predictions for the final preseason game. A little silly, I understand. But this game is actually, of any game, the one that's probably worth watching because you're going to see the starters. You're going to see a little bit of a rotation of what will be normal. Um, and it's like it's the dress it's the dress rehearsal game. It is. And you can also watch it. Actually, all of us most likely can watch this game. We don't need to have the Xfinity cheat code. We can just watch it on DirecTV or wherever on NBC Sports. So, Jill, do you have any predictions or, or just um, like anything you want to see or think will happen against the Lakers, who are, again, 0-5? I just love saying that the Lakers are winless. They're winless. Uh, well, you know, and like, let's not jinx ourselves. <laughs> we'll give them the one win. That's true. Like, no, what's, I just, what's the like, starting lineup going to be? Though, I just want to see them keep um, just, just keep playing their game, regardless yeah. of who they're playing, just keep playing your game, do what you're supposed to do. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see it against a little bit more talent and uh, because it'll either be a wake up call for these guys, right. Or that'll have them continuing to feel pretty good. So um, either way. Yeah. Finish and strong. starting lineups, I don't know if he's going to change it or not, but I would assume it's what we saw the first game going in, but you never know. Yeah. So, so Tyrese going into the season as a starter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's the hope, I think, amongst most Kings fans. And uh, that buddy just adapts to his role off the bench, which he looked good in that role in that first game. So, yeah, I would definitely think if Walton rolls out that lineup, that that pretty much sets it, you would think. But, yeah, no, definitely definitely worth watching. Any, any Kings-Laker game worth watching. So that will wrap up the preseason. Then they'll have, obviously, the get back to uh, practice. And I guess, is training camp over, technically? Uh, No. No, okay. it's, it's like after their last preseason. Yeah, game. like Friday. Yeah. Um, okay. And then they have to start making all their last cuts, right? right like, right. which is why you're seeing them now. Um, mm-hmm. But everyone gets a, a opportunity to have all those guys play in the last preseason game and then um, start making the cuts. So I, w- I would think it's by this weekend. Let me see, because I think the last preseason game for the NBA uh, is probably Friday yes, or Saturday. Is, uh, it's Friday. And so, um, so Friday is the last preseason game. Tuesdays, the first is opening night. So, I mean, I would assume it'd be Saturday, like yeah, those cuts would be made deadline. then. And then you have um, the Monday, right, for teams going into it uh, to practice before that Tuesday. So a lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of exciting stuff coming quickly at us. Uh, just get to Monday and start that week. And we got basketball, baby. We got a lot of basketball to watch. And uh, it's going to be a fun season. Definitely going to be a fun season. And it's going to feel normal. I'm going to have fans back in the stands, 82 games, a lot of good, young, talented players. Can't wait. And then in conclusion, to wrap it all up tonight or today, I don't know what time it is anymore. Giants-Dodgers, game five. I know it's isn't Kings related, Jill. I'm, I'm want... not making any predictions. So I'm not jinxing anything. Not jinxing anything? <laughs> okay. You, you all know how I feel, but yeah, I don't no, want to I... jinx anything. I, believe, I, I don't want to, I don't want up. anyone to say anything. <laughs> oh, it's fair. I'm just not even going to, I don't even want to think about it. I'm going to throw up when the yeah. game starts tomorrow. It's just going to be so much stress. I didn't, I, I that's what I don't, uh, that's what I did not miss about playoff 
baseball. It's been obviously five years since the or the 100%. Giants have been. It in was the always torture, always it's torture. Giants baseball torture. Yeah, we. Yep. It's not fun. Um, but go Giants, please. Just do the NorCal kids some a favor. Give us some more fun as we head into the basketball season now. All right. Well, that's it for us today on the Hoop Ball Sacramento Kings podcast. Please, please, guys. Let us know your Jersey favorites, what you want to see, and definitely tune in on Friday afternoon when this is a podcast, next podcast is uploaded to hear a lot of great insight on the Kings for people that are not Jill and I, a lot of good other brains in the Kings media. All right, y'all, you have a great night. Thanks.